Hello, one and all, and welcome to the podcast we call The Fantastival with myself, Steve Nussbaum, in the podcast where I invite my guests to come on and talk to me all about their musical tastes, experiences, memories, and also collate their fantasy festivals, which I have christened Fantastivals. We are now in September, unbelievably, episode number 63, so flying through the 60s. Before we start this episode, I must say a massive thank you to my last guest, Nick Allen. It was great talking to Nick, he was so passionate, and Green Day finally got into a fantasy festival after 62 attempts of trying. So, I'll mention Nick a bit later on in the pod, but before I do, it's probably time to introduce the guest on the 63rd episode of this wonderful podcast, and this completes a hat-trick of HMV guests in a row. I'm delighted to say joining me is the one and only, the, quite frankly, incredible, it's the one and only Miss Sally Wood. Wow. Hi, Steve, and thank you for the uh, build-up. That's the, probably the greatest warm-up act I've ever had. <laughs> I'm glad I can be your support act, Sally, on this wonderful occasion Excellent. of your fantastic <laughs> So that's podcast. the festival done already. <laughs> yeah, done, in the bag. Uh, how are you? It's been, we've just been saying before we recorded, it's been 18 months since we've seen each other, and that 18 months has brought an incredible um, amount of time and a period in the world. So starting off then, how have you found the last 18 months? It's been it's been interesting, shall we say. I mean, my life has changed hugely in the last two, two and a half years anyway. So I left HMV in 2019, had a had a really interesting year where I tried lots of different things out, decided what I wanted to do with myself next, um, was just putting my sort of plans in place for my new career and then COVID hit and the world went a little bit crazy. So uh, it's certainly been interesting, but in that time I've set set up my own business i've got involved with other businesses i've pursued interests outside of work um you know giving some things back that sounds like a terrible cliche doesn't it but giving <laughs> things back to um you know people in the business community people in um, social enterprises in education charities etc so i've been able to get involved in lots of different things meet different people pick up business clients, some of whom I still haven't met in person, um, all during a lockdown. So it's been a, a real roller coaster of a, of a year or two, but it's uh, it's good. I've come out of the other side of it with the smile still on my face. So, yeah. Yeah, you're always smiling. I always remember you <laughs> smiling. So obviously I know you and probably most people listening to this podcast will know you as Sally Wood, HMV legend. Um, but in case people don't know and are listening, tell us a bit mm-hmm. more about who... Who is Sally Wood? Oh, the woman, the mystery. Um, so <laughs> Sally is um, a northern girl, as you can tell by the accent. So I was born in Halifax in West Yorkshire. Um, more of that later. Um, grew up um, in you know quite a small town, really. Um, but it was it was a great place to grow up because you had lots of different influences. It's near big cities, so that really fed into the musical. In- interests of me and the people around me and I think that's been an influence on on my musical tastes as well so yeah grew up in Halifax went off to university in the late 80s um, in Oxford Um, and after I left university didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life but I thought I've always fancied working in a record shop so I was going into HMV anyway because I was going to it was around the time of Italia 90 and I was going into Fine World in Motion so while I was there I picked up 
application for uh had an interview a couple of days later spent a lot of it talking about um the blue airplanes album swagger that i'd just been listening to and started work the following monday so that was my my stepping stone into hmv in 1990 and what a lot of people who know me might not know is that i spent the first 10 years of that hmv career actually working in stores in management roles moving around the country and then in 2000, moved to the finance department, ultimately becoming finance director, which I did until I left a couple of years ago. So, yeah, it was certainly an interesting, uh, interesting journey. That's one thing I love about this podcast is you find out so many interesting tidbits about people. So the fact that you yeah. went into H&V to buy World in Motion and that led to that whole H&V career is fascinating. And I'm sure many people are gasping at that revelation which is awesome <laughs> brilliant, <isn't it? laughs> that's brilliant so musically i guess probably a lot of people don't realize you worked in a store for 10 years and probably know a lot more about mm. music than what people probably realize what what kind of music are you into sally is it kind of one genre or you is there lots of different things going on in your world um, I mean, my, my sort of first and main love is probably um, late 80s, early 90s, guitar-based indie music. Um, but I love, I love 80s pop. I love um, easy listening. I spent a lot of time sort of running easy listening type departments at HMV. So I've got a bit of a soft spot for a, for a crooner and a ballad and a song that tugs at the heartstrings. Um, I'm I'm fairly agnostic, but my 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 main love is is that indie type genre. Brilliant! I'm looking forward to seeing who makes that fancy festival <laughs> list of yours. Do you still listen to lots of music? And if so, is there anything that you're currently listening to? I think actually, there's one thing about the last couple of years and the turmoil about it is that I've found great comfort in the familiar when it comes to music. So I was actually looking over my uh, my Spotify. Uh, collection and what I've been listening to and my recommendations and it tends to be indie from the uh, from the <laughs> 80s and 90s it but also I've been listening to you know things like Northern Soul and you know just all sorts of different things really and you know some of those things come up you know girl groups from the 60s and things like that so yeah quite an eclectic range of, of things and I find myself you know someone will talk about something and I'll think oh that's a great album from way back what I do want to get back into and the great thing about listening to, to things like this is to, to get more back into into new music so I think probably being away from HMB a little mm. bit, probably not leaving the house as often as I used to, not going to gigs recently because we haven't been able to. That's something that I'm really looking forward to is getting, is getting back into, into some new music again as well. Great stuff. Great stuff. We'll talk about gigs shortly that you just mentioned. But first, this is all about you collating your own fancy festival. Are you Were you a big festival yeah. goer? Are you a big festival goer? Are you fond of festivals? I much, I much prefer gigs, actually. I think... I'm one of those people who I'm very outgoing and friendly and like to be around people for a certain amount of time. But the thing about a festival is you are with a load of people for a lot of time. So I'd like to go to a gig, go away from it, go to another gig. So if I can do this as a kind of day-long, afternoon-long gig where everybody goes home afterwards, I'm quite happy with that. <laughs> Great stuff. So gig-wise, are there any gigs that stand out for you that you've been to in the past and you just think well and you look back and you just gaze in wonder gosh yeah loads i mean i've been i've been to so many gigs and i was you know i've been really fortunate particularly during my time at hmv 
Um, I'm not necessarily, I think people would associate that with being the corporate freebies, but particularly in my early career, you know, I worked with people who had other halves who, you know, were responsible for organising music at, at live venues. So what's now the um, O2 in Oxford, used to be called the Co-op Hall, used to be called the Oxford Venue. Um, one of my colleagues when I first worked for HMB, her boyfriend used to arrange all the gigs and just put us all on the guest list for everything. Wow. So, you know, we got to see, you know, a very early radio head there, which, you know, in a, in a small intimate venue, which is amazing. Um, you know, got to see the orb which was brilliant again in a really small venue um again when i was in exeter saw all sorts of um cool bands there you know again radiohead feature feature highly in that list therapy saw them there you know just really eclectic different bands so yeah there's those um so rem at cody farms park so i mean that that dates that one because that was back in 1995 wow. um so that was a, a great gig i've seen um bands like the pixies are one of the bands that i've seen the most um i actually saw them the first time i saw them they were actually the support act so they were they were supporting uh the throwing muses at leeds polytechnic in about 1980 87 or 88 um so yeah i've seen some amazing bands got some brilliant memories um yeah great i've seen some great bands at the uh, at the roundhouse as well and including the wedding present uh, the pixies you know that again bands from that era um fantastic venue and it's great to see you know some of those bands playing again i also saw one of the ones that was the weirdest that i went to was um primal scream at brixton academy when they did the 25th anniversary of scream the delicate and it was one of those gigs a bit like your fantastical where they play the album from start to finish yeah. and we went there it's i think it was a bank holiday weekend but it was certainly a weekend when the clocks went forward and they didn't come on stage till about one o'clock in the morning <laughs> but it was amazing you know, they played the whole thing from start to finish, and that was brilliant as well. So, yeah, so many great gigs. Yeah, it sounds like you have seen quite a few gigs and some quite mega bands. Radiohead have been on uh, a few fantasy festivals, so have REM. Yeah. Um, so really looking forward to seeing who, who makes your fantasy festival. So, I know. <laughs> like I said, at the top of the podcast, uh, this is all about getting Sally to collect her fantasy festival. So Sally gets to choose any five acts mm -hmm. from any genre, any period, and one of them must play one of their studio albums in full. And then to close Sally's Fantasy Festival, she gets to choose an encore, which can be one song that all her five acts will perform at the end of her Fantasy Festival, and it can be any song by anyone ever. So it's very simple. Five acts take five times a lot. So I mentioned Nick Allen at the start of this podcast. He was my last guest. He collated his Brixton Calling Fantasy Festival, taking place at Brixton Academy. In his opening slot, he went for Jeff Buckley and had him play his album Grace so what a way to start your fantasy festival there he then followed that up with Nirvana in his super second slot chose Green Day in his Midway Madness slot from 1994 he was very specific about having the 1994 Green Day in that period in his pre-headline act he picked Pearl Jam and to headline his fantasy festival he picked The Who and for his encore he uh, selected Neil Young's Keep On Rocking in the Free World so a massive thank you once again to Nick. So it's that simple. Five acts, five time slots. 
uh, and any one you like. So as always, I try and get predictions from people before um, we start recording. I spoke to, uh, firstly, Rupert Banning Lover, who looked at me stumped and said, I've got no idea, and referred me to Neil Taylor. I then emailed Neil Taylor, who came back and said, I've got absolutely no idea at all. I, <laughs> I then went into the office yesterday <laughs> And cornered Neil when he was talking with Lawrence Price. I said, come on. I said, I'm seeing Sally tomorrow. Um, who do you reckon? And it's not often that Neil and Lawrence have both lost for words. They looked at each other quite blankly with a blank expression on their faces. And they've given me, they managed to give me two acts that I've got written down. I'll reveal, I'll reveal the acts. Wow. I'll reveal the acts after you've gone through your five to see how well or how unwell they've done. But it was quite hard to get predictions for you. I think... Again, it's it's difficult, isn't it? Oh, I'm more enigmatic than I thought. <laughs> Brilliant. So before we talk about um, your five acts, Sally, let's give your fantasy festival a name and then let's give it um, a venue. So very important question first up. What are you going to call um, your fantasy festival? Well, I think it's got to uh, it's got to incorporate the name of one of the most famous famous festivals of all time. So I'm going to call it Sally Woodstock. Ah, oh, brilliant! I should have seen that one coming. It completely didn't. <laughs> never occurred to me. <laughs> I was debating about whether that was too cheesy, and I thought, no, we've got to go with it. Love it! I love <laughs> so it. So Sally Woodstock it is. Sally Woodstock. What a name for a festival! And you can hold your fantasy festival anywhere you like. So you can take us back to Oxford H and V. You can take us back to that uh, Oxford O2. You can take us back to Halifax. You can take us wherever you like. So Sally, we'll follow you wherever you're going. So where where are you going to hold your fantasy festival? So I'm going to take you back to my roots. I'm going to take you to one of the most iconic buildings in my hometown, Halifax, which is the Peace Hall. It's an absolutely beautiful structure. It's recently been renovated. So it's kind of like a an Italianate piazza, but in Halifax, who'd have thought it? And uh, it's a great open space. They have live music on there. Um, there's a great bar that sells amazing gin and tonics as well, which might have featured in the decision. But it's a beautiful place. And I've actually, in, in a very small way, I've actually played that venue myself when I was at school. So our school concert band played live there in the 80s when Prince Charles came to town. So I can say I've actually played at my own fantastical venue so uh, yeah it's a beautiful <laughs> building so we'll have it there and actually the great thing about that is my mum and dad are going to come for the opening act so uh, they can come on the bus which will be even better brilliant stuff i think you are the first guest who's actually played their fantastical venue so well played sally i've got to ask you <laughs> what did you play uh, what instrument did you play when you when you played there Played the clarinet, probably like every other kid in the eighties in a school concert band. But yeah, brilliant. So we've got Sally Woodstock. We're heading to Halifax. So before we talk about your first act and your parents coming down to watch, I appreciate how mm -hmm. difficult it is trying to get um, all your music acts down to just five acts. Is there any other, is there any acts you want to mention at all who you love and mean a lot to you, but for whatever reasons just don't make it into your five chosen acts? Oh my goodness, I mean, the list that didn't make it is, is so, so long. I mean, you know, how long how long have you got, really? Um, I mean, there's, you know, such a range, you know, from um, bands like New Order, uh, Bell and Sebastian, Ride, We Are Scientists, um, Sugar, 
um, you know, and then 80s bands like um, Duran Duran, Aha, all those kind of things. So that list is absolutely huge. I, I, I thought about um, resurrecting Buddy Holly from Beyond the Grave. He didn't make the cut. You know, there's, a, there's a huge amount of people who, uh, who could have made it but didn't. Good, good, good lineup there of artists who haven't been able to make it. It's amazing that there's some artists who you think will kind of walk into fantasy festivals, but bands like Duran Duran, um, Aha, still yet to make a fantasy festival. I think Buddy Holly's not been picked for a fantasy festival yet, and I think New Order have only been picked once. So I guess that's the beauty, isn't it, of yeah. having the choice and being able to choose your five acts. Okay, so those five acts didn't Absolutely. make it. Halifax is rammed. It's two o'clock on a beautiful day. Sally Woodstock sold out instantly. And everyone waits with bated breath to see who's going to take to the stage at two o'clock. So Sally, who's going to open Sally Woodstock? So this is the one that nobody will have predicted. So I'm going to have Mr. Roy Orbison opening it. So I want somebody... I love music that, as I said before, that tugs at the heartstrings. And he was the king of tugging at the heartstrings. He's one of my dad's favourites as well. So if he's playing in my hometown, then mum and dad can come along. They probably won't like the rest of the set, so they can get the bus home afterwards. But yeah, Mr. Roy Orbison, the crooner, the legend, he's going to come along and sing some absolute classics and get everybody warmed up for the day. Great shout. So Roy Orbison, this is the first time he's been picked as a solo artist, but he has played before. I thought it might be. He's played before as part of uh, his tra Travelling Wilburys, which was a very sneaky way for... Um, someone to get five legends onto one stage at one time. Oh, he's not allowed to bring his wheelbrace. He's on his own. On his you own. Know, you come on your own or you don't come at all. <laughs> and any songs, obviously you've got songs like um, Pretty Woman um, and You Got It that I guess are essentials. Are there any other songs that might not be as well known that you'd have him play? Or is it just hit after hit that you're after? I'd probably go for, I mean, again, sort of crowd pleaser ones, but I'd probably go for Only the Lonely. That dum 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 oh, We're not allowed music, are we? I better. Uh, I think that's all right. I think you're allowed that. to hum the music. Yeah. <laughs> no, no one will recognise it for what it is, and uh, you know, crying again. What a what a showcase of that amazing vocal range. So yeah, I think that I think it's it's there as a crowd pleaser. It's there to get everybody going. But it's got so many songs, and people don't realise just how yeah. many there are. I think we'll keep. I drove all night out of it because. Uh, some see it as a love song. Personally, I think it's a bit stalkerish, so I think we'll keep that one out of there. Brilliant. Controversial. So I drove all night. Isn't in the set. He's not allowed to play. Are your parents going to hang around or are they going to leave after Roy Orbison? What, what's going on with, with the woods? They might leave after Roy Orbison. They might they might stick a bit of the a little bit of the next act. They might stick around for a break, have a have a drink and then I think you know they'll probably be uh, they'll probably be looking at the watches and saying what time's the next bus home. So uh, yeah. <laughs> Great stuff. So Roy Orbison opens Sally Woodstock. He plays from two till three o'clock. We'll take a half hour to get our breaths back, get some more <laughs> gin and tonics from the lovely bar, and that'll take us to half past three yeah. and it'll be time for your super second slot. So Sally, who's gonna play in your super second slot? So they've been, I've mentioned them already, and I think they've already been in the Fantastical, but I'm going to have REM um, coming on stage. So I'd quite like them to do the bulk of the set that they did in 1995 when I saw them, which was on the Monster Tour. Um, they started with uh, What's the Frequency, Kenneth? And they ended with It's the End of the World as We Know It. 
uh, great set, but I'd probably throw in a few more tracks from Out of Time because that is one of my favourite albums of all time. And that really reminds me of uh, my early career at HMB. And it was one of the selling albums that I really loved. I mean, there were some huge iconic albums in my first first few years at HMB, but that was one of the ones that I really, really loved that album. And at the time I was living in a shared house and I, I think I probably... Um, annoyed my housemates somewhat <laughs> by playing it to death. So yeah, that has to uh, that has to feature heavily in REM set. Great call. Cool. So REM take your super second slot. Were you lucky enough to see them more than once, or was it only the once you got that you got to see them? That was the only time I ever saw them. I'm glad though. It sounds like you had a good experience with that. It's nothing worse than seeing a band who you idolise and maybe a big big venue. Yeah, absolutely. Like that, so yeah, it was it was well worth going to. I really enjoyed it. Brilliant. So REM take your super second slot. They'll play for an hour. They'll play from half three till half four. Again, we'll take a half hour break. That'll take us to five o'clock. And then it'll be time for your midway madness slot. So two acts down, three acts left to go. So Sally, who's going to play in your midway madness slot? So my next one, and somebody may well have predicted this. So my next one is going to be the Smiths. The Smiths. So the Smiths have been spoken about a little bit on the podcast, but haven't actually been chosen that often. Neil Taylor, obviously a man you yeah, know very well. A yeah, he <laughs> he chose the Smiths. But apart from that, um, they've only been chosen one other time by Matt Williams, who I, I'm sure you probably know as well. So, Sally, what? Why the Smiths? How have the Smiths made it in? What What do they mean to you? I mean, they were one of those bands that probably, you know, and I know Neil's got a great origin story about his love of the Smiths, which involves uh, now two on cassette. Um, <laughs> and I remember talking to him about that many, many times. But for me, they were a real transition from, you know, in the, in the mid eight, early to mid 80s, from me being a sort of kid who was into pop. And there was a group of me and my friends, and we'd sort of we started listening to, as well as the chart show, we started listening to things like John Peel and the Smiths featured heavily at the time, uh, bands like the Cocteau Twins, and also got to listen to some other cool stuff that way, such as the Undertones and the Buzzcocks, etc., which is still bands that I really like today. And again, they didn't make the grade either. But the Smiths, for me, was... It was kind of the soundtrack to my homework in a way when I was, uh, you know, doing my O levels and A levels and doing my degree. It was the, you know, it'd be my go-to, like put that on, listen to it. And I think the lyrics are amazing. I think the music's amazing. I think Johnny Marr's guitar playing is absolutely amazing. So for me, they're just a real iconic band of of my sort of formative years. Uh, and another reason for putting them in is because if anybody needs Johnny Marr to step in at short notice, he'd be really happy to do it because he's a very uh, he's a very versatile musician and he loves playing with any band he can uh, play with. So that's another reason for having Johnny along is he can just step in and help out anywhere that is needed. Brilliant. So I know the Smiths actually weren't together for that long, although it feels like they were around for a lot longer. Is there any songs that you're going to have to have them play? Because there's quite a lot to cram in with that hour. Is there, is there something that you just have to have them play? Or alternatively, something that you do not want played? I think I'd have anything from the Smiths catalogue, to be honest. I think you've got, to, you've got to go for the classics. So This Charming Man, The Queen Is Dead, What Difference Does It Make, all those kind of tracks. So, yeah, I'd, I'd go for the absolute classics, but they can play whatever they want and I'd be really happy. Brilliant, great stuff. So the Smiths will play their first time at a fantasy festival and they take your midway madness slot. So t- three acts down, two left. So next up, your pre-headline act. <laughs> They're going to get an hour and a half, so a bit longer to play than your first three acts. They're going to get half six 
to eight o'clock. So, Miss Wood, who is going to be your pre-headline act? So my pre-headline acts are going to be a Yorkshire band, The Wedding Present. So they are probably one of the first proper gigs that I ever went to. I love them. I, I've seen them so many times over the years. I've seen them at the Roundhouse. I've seen them in Northampton. I've seen them when I, when I was younger. I saw them at Leeds Poly. I saw them play a stage on the lake in the middle of a park in Bradford and all the fans were swimming across to join them on stage. I love their kind of jangly guitar sounds, the gruff voice, and they're, they're a band for me who have still got it. You see a lot of bands from that era and they're a bit embarrassing and a bit cringy, but for me, they've still got it. They play really well. They've got such a an interesting back catalogue and they, they might even throw in a, a couple of their cover versions as well that they've done. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll let them throw in uh, their cover version of Come Up and See Me by Steve Harley and Cockney Rebel because that's a, that's a great crowd pleaser and that'll get people up on the feet as well. Brilliant. So the wedding present, a band. I must admit, I'm not too familiar with the wedding present. Obviously, working in store, we used to sell a few of their their records. I don't think are there many records. I don't remember there being that that many. But yeah, they've done quite a few albums over the years. But the one I'd really like them to focus on George Best, which for me is their you know it's their seminal album. And again, it's from that sort of 1987 period, which was the year I went to university. And you know, it's it's kind of a soundtrack to me going away to university and spreading my wings a little bit and it's really fast paced so they'll get loads of tracks in that hour and a half as well brilliant so the wedding present make their fantastical debut they take your pre-headline act slot they'll play for us until eight o'clock they'll take a half hour break and it'll be time for your headline act so your headline act sally gonna get two and a half hours they're gonna close sally woodstock so we've had roy orbison rem the smiths and the wedding present so who Who's going to follow them in your headline act? So I'm going to go for the Pixies, and I'd like them to play the, as part of that set, and they've got lots of leeway to play the other stuff, but I'd like them to play the Doolittle album in its entirety. So one of my favourite ever Pixies gigs was the one where it was just before Doolittle came out, and they, they previewed a load of that material. So the first time I heard it was live in a gig and it was absolutely amazing and blew me away and then i bumped into david gedge the lead singer of the wedding present in the bar and had a chat with him afterwards about how good that music was so uh you know i didn't know who i was i was just some sort of little girl who was chatting to him and i think he was quite pleased to be recognized but uh <laughs> yeah it, they're a they're a great live act um you know i've seen them so many times and you know i'll happily go on and see them as long as they keep playing Brilliant. So they get to play their Doolittle album, and I guess a greatest hit set. Again, are there any? I know the pictures have done a lot, a lot of stuff. Is there anything that might be a bit less known that you, again you'd have to have them play, or again is it just Doolittle and in and in everything that you know? I think really I'd go for a, a crowd pleasing set. I mean, I I think some of the uh, some of the sort of B sides are quite interesting, um, but I think really it's a it's a fairly mainstream set, so I want them to play the things that the people there are likely to know or likely to to enjoy. So I think really go for the go for the big hits. Go for you know particularly anything from from Doolittle or Surfer Rosa. I think would be would be what I'd really like to hear. Brilliant stuff. So the Pixies are your headline act. They're going to play from half eight <laughs> till eleven o'clock. Again, their first time they've been picked for a fancy festival, so they make their fancy festival debut after 63 episodes. So we're going to get to 11 o'clock and the Pixies are going to welcome back on stage the Wedding Present, the Smiths, R.E.M. and Roy Orbison. 
and to close your fantasy festival they get to play one song that can be any song of your choice so what are you gonna what are you gonna have them play it's a bit of a it's quite a, the more i do this the more i realize how difficult that question actually is <laughs> It's so difficult and I'm still grappling with it. I've still got two possible choices, but I'm going to go with the one that I first thought of because I want this song to showcase Roy's voice. So the song I've picked is a Burt Bacharach song called This Guy's In Love With You, which I absolutely adore that song. It is just a perfect song. And for me, the person who's done the best version of it ever is actually Burt Bacharach himself, which he's not the greatest singer, but it is just such a simple, stripped-down version. So I'd love to hear Roy singing that. I'd also love to hear how everybody from the rest of the bands <laughs> copes with it, because it's a love song, it's a ballad. And when you've got sort of bands who are used to that sort of fast-paced, jangly thing, I just think it'd be a really interesting experiment to say, come on, lads, just calm it down. <laughs> Roy takes the stage here and let the song speak for itself. <laughs> That's brilliant. What I must ask, what was the other song that almost made it into into the encore? Well, I was thinking about the um, the skill set of the band, and I was thinking about It's the End of the World as We Know It by R.E.M., but I thought it could just end up running away with itself and becoming the fastest song in the world, <laughs> given uh, given the pace of some of those bands. So that's the reason I didn't. And I thought, it's a bit too shouty for Roy Orbison. I want something... I want people to leave on a high with a with a beautiful song sung, sung in that amazing voice so i'm gonna let roy sing this guy's in love with you brilliant so all five of you acts perform that to close your sally woodstock fantasy festival and that brings that fantasy festival to a close a fantastic fantasy festival well done there Sally, that is awesome. So before we lock that in, so if you can still change your mind up until the point we lock it in, I'll go through your predictions now. So like I said, Neil Taylor and Lance Price looked a bit bedazzled and then they came back with two names. They got one. They did get one. They got one out of two. So they got the wedding present. Oh, very good. they done that. The other name they had, who you haven't mentioned, and again, it could be a grasping at thin straws, that was half man, half biscuit. That's grasping at straws, really. <laughs> Brilliant. But... That's quite an interesting one, though. No, they they wouldn't make it there, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> one out of two, not bad, though. I think Neil will kick himself and not get in the Smiths. But one out of two, not bad at all. So let's lock your fantasy festival in then. So we've got Sally Woodstock <laughs> taking place. Is it the Bees Hall in Halifax? The Peace Hall. Oh, so Peace Hall. A piece of fabric. P-I-E-C-E. Put the Peace Hall in Halifax, opening your fantasy festival. We've got Roy Orbison in your super second slot. We've got R.E.M. from 1995 era from when you saw him at Cardiff. Midway Madness, we, the Smiths are playing in your pre-headline slot. We've got the Wedding Present headlining Sally Woodstock. We've got the Pixies, and they're going to play their album, Doolittle. And then for your encore, we're going to have this guy's in love with you. Sally, that sounds like an awesome fantasy festival to me. You happy to lock Sally Woodstock into the Fantastical Vaults? Let's do it before I change my mind again. <laughs> Brilliant. So Sally Woodstock is in the vaults, and that is done. So that is it. Thanks to everyone for listening to this very enjoyable 63rd episode of the Fantastical Podcast. And if you're listening for the first time, and if you've enjoyed this, please subscribe, give the podcast a review on iTunes if that's how you listen. Or if not, if you're listening on Spotify or anywhere else, give us a follow on that platform. And don't forget to recommend this podcast to all of your families and friends. The podcast is on Twitter, so if you're on social media, give the podcast a follow at Fantastical P. And if you're not and want to contact the podcast, drop an email to fantasticalpodcast at outlook.com. 
com. Unfortunately, I say every week, can't play music on podcasts, although Sally did sing a little bit of uh, a song which is great and well received. But I'll get some tracks off Sally uh, and we'll put those into a Spotify playlist and put those into the episode description. So from me to you, Sally, wonderful to have you on the podcast. You've been a name that I get asked about an awful lot. So I'm so glad you've done it. How did you find it? Because again, people might not necessarily associate you with music and more of the business end of HMV, I guess. So, I mean, how did you find talking about kind of all your music, music knowledge and, and tastes? Yeah, oh, it's great fun. And it's always, you know, I'm, I'm just one of those people who I enjoy music so much. It's something that, you know, it brings people together. I've got so many happy memories of, uh, you know, singing along to songs with people and dancing. And, you know, I'm looking forward to doing more of that again in the future. And I, I think music is just a, you know, it's a big part of my life. It's It always has been. And it's been great to talk to you about it and share, you know, what's perhaps, you know, a fairly, fairly mainstream but an unusual combination of bands, but it's something I'd love to go and see my festival my way. So thank you, Steve. It's been a pleasure to uh, to talk to you and uh, and to catch up with you again. Yeah, likewise. It's been absolutely fantastic. So I'll be back soon with episode number 64. So please make sure to join me. But until then, stay safe, my fantastical friends. Please continue to spread the word. And that word is fantastical. Thanks for listening.